few months ago, a documentary about the musician R. Kelly brought attention to African-American girls who'd been victims of sexual abuse. And the conversation that exploded around R. Kelly wasn't limited to Americans. In the Ethiopian diaspora, that documentary series opened the floodgates for stories about sexual assault of young girls. The world's Allison Herrera reports on how one California woman is demanding that the problem get some attention in the U.S. and in Ethiopia. When the Instagram page Shades of Injera was started in 2014, the slogan was, we don't follow the culture, we create the culture. On the page, they discussed sensitive topics like dating outside the Ethiopian community, sex, and non-traditional religions. They also talk about the status of women. For instance, on International Women's Day this year, the page featured the face of the country's first female president, photoshopped onto a Rosie the Riveter figure. It got thousands of likes. But Shades of Injera didn't tackle the issue of sexual assault in a big way until the Lifetime documentary series Surviving R. Kelly came out earlier this year. So when Surviving R. Kelly came out, everyone was just asking about it. Like, it was... The request was just crazy. That's one of the Ethiopian-American women who started Shades of Injera. I'm calling her S. She asked me not to use her name so that she can continue to speak freely about taboo topics. S says the R. Kelly documentary made her ask who are the men in their own Ethiopian community who prey on younger women. Within days, hundreds of women and some men began sharing their own stories of sexual assault. And everyone was saying, I've actually never shared this before. This is my first time saying it and um, how desperate they all were to, like, do something about it or get their story out. They just don't know where and how. The response was so overwhelming that they created a separate account, Me Too Ethiopia, with the tagline, Assault is a crime, not a culture. One of the women who posted on the site is Milu, who lives in Addis Ababa. She wrote about being abused by her piano teacher when she was eight years old. So I wanted to talk about my experience just because I feel like there are a lot of people, and women particularly, and men also, that go through that and, yeah, are afraid to talk about it because of a lot of reasons, especially victim shaming. Milu says there's also the shame associated with outing a teacher or a relative, which is especially difficult in the community. It can dishonor the family. She says she was a teenager when she finally told her family about what happened. My family wasn't necessarily, okay, I understand, let's deal with it. It was more, you know, we shouldn't talk about it, or we thought you forget, so let's kind of move on because we can't deal with it and, you know. Milu's story follows a familiar pattern for survivors who wrote in, says S, girls being assaulted by older, trusted men. A lot of sexual assault victims, at least from the stories that we got, has been from people who are their uncle or like or someone who's 20, 30, 40 years older than them and happened when they were young. She adds that the power gap between Ethiopian men and women is much wider than it is in the West, which makes it even harder for victims to get help. She says at the moment, Me Too Ethiopia is mainly a social media movement, but they are trying to work with groups on the ground to help survivors get the resources they need. And while S says she's pleased with the current prime minister's efforts to name women to prominent positions in Ethiopia's government, it's still largely symbolic She says change needs to happen on every level of society, and addressing sexual assault is a critical part of that. For The World, I'm Alison Herrera.